SolarWind Media presents Ron Schaefer's podcast. It was the 70s and everyone was cutting a boogie. Platform shoes, monster bells, spangles and chains and everything. Man, we were cool. Okay, other people were. I'm sure our children and grandchildren will look back and say, Wow, did you guys look gucky. Well, gucky was in. I was balding at the time, had been for a while. My glasses didn't look any better, but for a while I did try the Elton John thing. It didn't work for me. Actually, it didn't work for him either, but when you're rich and famous, who cares? So anyway, balding, yes, I got myself a poofy high wig. Slightly purple, a leisure suit, platforms, and a bunch of chains that I stole from a bicycle rehab center. I had to wash the chains, because the first time I put them on, I got axle grease all over myself. Couldn't get it out of the leisure suit, so I went and bought another leisure suit. This one was only slightly less fuchsia. Our flunk, my boss, looked pretty much the same. He just got fatter and balder, but he wore the same clothes he did in the 60s, during the flabbergast affair. He still had the same temperament. The guy who shared the writer's desk with me died, finally. I took up smoking just to blow smoke in his face so he would catch cancer and die. Turns out it was his prostate that killed him, and I had to undergo rehab to give up the cigarettes. Anyway, I got moved to a room upstairs all by myself. By default, really. It was used as a storage closet for all sorts of old magazines. They used to kill baby pigs up there, too. A long time ago when it was still a tannery. They never got the baby pig death smell out, but years of magazines helped absorb it. Now it was my office. It had a little window in which I could watch the pigeons land on the roof. The window had a slight upwards angle to it so that when you opened it up in the summer to look at the birds, they'd shit on your face. I had a phone and a typewriter. My desk was mostly just a table. It took me months for Arf to install a coat rack for me. He finally did so in lieu of a Christmas bonus. It was hell climbing the steps in those boogie shoes. So to that end, I had to forego cool, at least at work, in favor of sneakers. And my bell-bottoms caught on the slivers of the wooden steps, so I went back to Levi's. Really, nobody cared what I looked like at work anyway. The birds shit once too often on my wig, so I eventually abandoned that too. And as I never really fit into that leisure suit anyway, I went back to eating donuts. I was given a badge and promoted to investigative reporter, which I always was, but now I had a badge. It was a little card with a badge-like symbol on it that said, Badge. And underneath that, it read, This guy's an investigative reporter. Then it had my name, my picture, and the National Bludgeon's Chicago address. It looked like something that somebody would make at an amusement park, and that's probably where Arf made it. But I didn't care. It made me feel important. But this is not a story about me, but about Dick's Privates, or Private Dick's Privates. If you remember, they were blown off and radiated a quarter century earlier and kept in a freezer in a secret vault in a secret facility in a secret area at Los Alamos, New Mexico, where everything was kept secret anyway. Word had it that they subjected it to all sorts of tests, radiation, microwaves, light beams, coffee, top 40 soundtracks. I'm not exactly sure what they were trying to achieve with it, 
and maybe they didn't know either. They were just trying things out. Then again, maybe my sources weren't all that knowledgeable, not being so much on the inside as they may have thought, so the information accrued from them may have been kind of fuzzy. How I got on the inside of this case was because I was an investigative reporter for the National Bludgeon. That should explain a lot, but it doesn't. So I'll have to go into it a bit more. Through the grapevine, which is lined with a lot of grapes, some of them distilled, I found out something funny was happening in New Mexico. If you read the papers, specifically if you read our paper, you'd notice that something funny is always happening in New Mexico. Only this was funnier. It seems there was a shipment of lead-lined condoms sent to a lab in Los Alamos, along with posters of Natalie Wood, Jane Mansfield, and a few other hotties from the 1950s era. That seemed to me to be funnyable, or just funny. Not in the haha sense, but odd. So having a nose for news, I decided to look into the matter. And as I had a new expense account deeded to me by my title of investigative reporter, I thought I'd take advantage of it. Besides, my boss was on vacation at the time. My contact on there was Ralph Twidley. Ralph was an expert at radiation exposure. Ralph had three eyes and 12 fingers, four of which were thumbs. We met in a small diner on the road between one place and another in the high desert of New Mexico. It was one of those places that still boasted of being the last gas before such and such. In this case, such and such was actually the name of a town of 53 people some 40 miles away. The only reason to go to such and such was to get gas to go someplace else. So if you were low on gas and eager to get to such and such, or just low on gas and eager to get the hell out of New Mexico, you stopped here. The name of the diner was Fuddy Buddies. The name raises questions too numerous and unimportant to delve into at present, or ever. We sat in a booth. I ate a Fuddy Buddy butter burger. Ralph twiddled his many thumbs over coffee. His third eye, which was on the side of his head, was permanently closed and permanently blind. So what can you tell me about a truckload of lead-lined condoms? I think it's going to Dick's project, he twiddled. Did I mention Ralph stuttered? Probably had something to do with the extra tongue in his mouth. A little one, barely noticeable, but he kept tripping over it. Dick's project? What the hell is that? Tops, this is a secret. Don't know myself. Any idea? No, 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 no. Only the, the, that it relates to, 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 to hydrogen bomb tests. There haven't been any H bomb tests in ages. Uh, hangover from the last time. All those years ago? Yes. Why? Somebody was killed. Who? Don't know. This is somebody named Dick. Hence the code name Dick's Project. Yes. Why would they code name a top secret project after a dead guy from decades ago? Lack of imagination? Unless there's something going on now that ties into what happened then. You know, more than just a memorial tag, but something that's ongoing that ties into Dick whoever he was. That would be my guess. Hmm, I said, which is what I usually say when I'm thinking. 
Ralph thought with me. I didn't know one could stutter on a hmm, but apparently Ralph could. And what does this Dick's project have to do, if anything, with a truck full of lead-lined condoms? <laughs> Ralph added, changing up his stutter. Do you think there's any connection with the shipment of Starlet posters being shipped there as well? Maybe. But what? I don't know I'm, if I'm putting two and two together and coming up with five or adding six and three together and coming up with seven or three and two to make four or eight and the square root of 3 to make 17, or 12 divided by 3.9 to make 11.23, or... Huh? Forget it. I forgot what point I was trying to make in the first place. All I know is that there is something fishy going on in the state of New Mexico. Only what is it? Aren't you the one they send for fishy stories? Yes, I am. The next step was going to be to find someone who was closely in on the project, and whoever that was, was likely to be tight-lipped and under wraps. So I would be required to get out my lip remover and under wrapper peeler. Ralph was able to find out that the project was listed under a certain Dr. Emmanuel Kolsor. Kolsor, it turns out, was an ex-Nazi who worked for the Third Reich during the final days for the Second World War. The Americans got hold of him before the Russians could and whisked him off to the United States to work on a project for the Pentagon. Kolsor, known for his medical skills and experiments, was also quite knowledgeable with machines, having designed one himself that held one's testicles and said, cough, to patients so he wouldn't have to. The Germans are a funny race. In their 2,000-year history, they had been known for only two things. One is building machines, the other is killing people. Inevitably, they'd be good at building machines that killed people. Another attribute to this self-styled magnificent race is that they don't like small wars. If they want to go to war, they like to wipe out whole continents at a time. And building machines to do that makes them absolutely gleeful. So Dr. Kolsor, being what he was, was a right candidate for me to do a story on for the National Bludgeon, no matter what. However, what he was doing on the top-secret Dix project could only be guessed. I had to get closer. To do that, I found a woman. This has been SolarWind Media presents Ron Schaefer's podcast. Find us at solarwindmedia.com.